0: The persistent widow. So there's this ancient parable that is actually shared in the Bible and whether you're someone that respects Bible or not really doesn't matter. All this is about is extracting lessons out of ancient history. And I'm going to tie this around with current day wisdom, you know, what people currently think about it and also other points in history to kind of prove this point of the persistent widow. And this is kind of one of the oldest cases with it. So there was once a woman who, whose husband had died unjustly. And every day she went to a judge's house and begged him, pleaded him for justice for her husband to just take the case and, and really look into it. And you know, every day the judge just told her he was a busy man and he didn't have time for this, that there was no time for a case like this where there wasn't a lot of evidence. And every day she returned. She, she pleaded her case. She asked for justice for her husband. Every day, the judge turned her away. For weeks, she did this. Weeks after weeks turned into months after months. And eventually, after around a year's time, the judge said, look, I don't care about you and I don't care about your husband. But because you are asking me so persistently, I will give you the justice you seek. Now this is an interesting parable and the main thing about parables and things like this is you can't take everything literally. What, what parables are used for is to teach you a lesson and that's what we do here at the Modern Academy is we extract lessons. I'm on a book a day pace so I'm reading around a book a day. I'm constantly listening to different podcasts, audiobooks and I uh, physically read a book a day and basically I share the lessons that I learn from those books. Yesterday it was uh, Satchno by Louis Armstrong, which is a really good book. Today, I'm reading Spin Selling. But The Persistent Widow is something that is a very interesting story. And it's, again, it's told by Jesus in the Bible. And it ties in with um, Elvis Presley's manager, Jerry Weintraub. And this was one of the most famous men in, in all of Hollywood. He managed Frank Sinatra, The Doors, Elvis Presley, tons of different people. He directed... Um, Ocean's Eleven and like a bunch of other movies. Huge, huge person. Just look up Jerry Weintraub. And he wrote this amazing book, which is I'll Stop Talking When I'm Dead. And the same story shows in Jerry Weintraub. You know, he was a very interesting man. And the reason this is, is because, you know, at age 26 with I think he had like uh, $60,000 in debt. He got up one day and he says, "Okay, I'm going to pursue my dreams of moving to Hollywood and becoming one of the biggest managers and all of Hollywood and throughout history. And, you know, his girlfriend at the time doubted him and she told him, you know, you can't do that. You have $60,000 in debt. What are you going to do? Nobody knows you. You don't have a name. You don't have any track record. Plus, you have this weight dragging you down. Jerry Weintraub basically did what the persistent widow did. And, and what he ended up doing was he read this article in the paper about Elvis Presley's manager at the time, which was a man called the colonel. And at this time, Elvis Presley was not touring anymore. Even though he already did, he'd kind of gone through these ups and down cycles. And uh, basically, Jerry Weintraub's idea was to get him touring again. He he knew that he would be able to make money, and he had this definitive goal set in his mind. He he was sure about it. He wasn't like half in, half out, dipping his toes in the water, being like, "Oh, maybe I'll move to L.A. and do this, or maybe I'll try and pursue Elvis Presley." No, no, no. He was persistent. What he did was actually he found the colonel's number, Elvis's manager at the time, and he called him and he said, you know, my name is Jerry Weintraub. You don't know me, but you will. um, I want to take Elvis out on tour. And the colonel just hung up on him. Next day, same thing. Jerry Weintraub calls him, pleads his case, goes, I want to take Elvis Presley out on tour. I'll make you and Elvis a ton of money. Gets hung up on day after day, week after week turns into months after month. And eventually, Jerry Weintraub did not give up. He was like the persistent widow. He kept going. Remember what the judge said eventually to the persistent widow, which is, look, I don't care about you and I don't care about your husband. But because you are asking me so persistently, that's where the persistence come in. I will give you the justice you seek. So eventually, after over a year and remember, Jerry Weintraub at this time had not had a name for himself or anything. And he was $60,000 in debt. And at that time back, I think this was like in the 30s or 40s or 50s. I can't remember exactly. Um, that's a lot more money than it is now. You know, that that would uh, contrast today to be a lot more. So, you know, he had no encouragement for over a year. And finally, the colonel gave in and said, you know, here's the deal. Meet me in Las Vegas with a check for a million dollars in a day tomorrow and then he hung up on so Jerry Weintraub had to not only get a ticket to Las Vegas and find the Colonel and Elvis Presley get in front of them he had to get a million dollars when he had $60,000 in debt now if let's take a second pause from the story and go okay if somebody told you that you know like let's say your biggest goal in life or your dream what you want to do you know let's say you want to be an actor you want to be a musician or you want to be a business owner or a whatever really doesn't matter if you if let's let's just say somebody called you and said okay you got to fly out to las vegas tomorrow with a check for a million dollars and again in this today's age that would probably be closer to like two million with inflation and all these things but um let's just say a million dollars, just to keep it fair. Do you think you'd be able to do that? Would you be persistent enough to go, okay, I'm going to dedicate fully my full energy to this task. I'm going to get this million dollars. Would you be sure of it? Would you have a definitive action and goal? Or would you be like most people, which is, you know, half in, half out? Do you think, oh, there'll be another opportunity? No, no, no. As Charlie Munger's grandfather says, you know, Good opportunities are few and far between. You have to be ready for them before they come to you. Very, very interesting. You know, it's it's basically doing as Lao Tzu says, which is doing what's difficult when it's easy. So in times like these during the coronavirus, when there might not be a ton of opportunity, you should be preparing for the opportunity because once the opportunity shows itself, you'll wish, I guarantee you, you will wish you would have prepared. And Jerry Weintraub is a great example because, you know, after he heard this about the thing, right after that call, he started to call people, call friends, call friends of friends, ask people who he, who they knew he could call about this. He'd say, you know, I want to get Elvis back on the road. I need this amount of money. Can you help me? If not, who do you know? That's that's a big thing, like referrals. And eventually he got connected with basically like a friend of a friend of a friend and uh they got $1 million raised, you know? So it was basically this radio host who loved Elvis and uh, wanted to see him tour again. And, you know, he, he got him set up. So he got the 1 million raise and, and it was from this radio host. And what, what ended up happening was that the story is actually really interesting and it gets, goes even further is, um, you know, he gets this million dollars raised and after this, he, um, so he flies to Vegas, he gets a ticket, he meets up with the colonel, sure enough, the colonel's there, colonel brings him to this room in a hotel, and Elvis Presley, standing right there, Jerry Weintraub hands the colonel the check, colonel takes it to a safe, puts it in the safe, and it's a handshake deal. And this is truly, once you kind of understand these stories, um, you really can see how things play out. Another example I actually like is Joe Rogan is a good modern day example. You know, he started his podcast. People look at him now and go, oh, he's this huge thing. He's, uh, you know, he can truly change elections. You know, there's this whole controversy with him and Bernie Sanders and he has so much influence, but he really isn't. He's never marketed it. He's uh, he's never like gone on talk shows ...to talk about it. He rarely goes on other people's podcasts. He really just focuses on persistence of pumping out the podcast, just putting out great content, having interesting people on, and look at to where it's grown. And it's taken him him 10 years to make this happen, but there's a thing called the media bias. So the media likes to show end results... And that messes with our, our mind thinking that, oh, they went from, you know, Joe went from not having a podcast, just being like a stand-up comic and actor and host of Fear Factor, to now, um, you know, the media bias shows now he has this giant podcast. But they skipped the 10 years of Grind, Struggle, you know, all, all those podcasts he did. And it's, it's really interesting. I like it with Joe because you can see the journey, you know, go... Look on YouTube, Joe Rogan, very first podcast, or Joe Rogan, podcast number five. Not very well put together, but look at where he's at now. It's an, it's so interesting. You know, he had Elon Musk on, he had Bernie Sanders on, all these amazing people, Robert Johnny Jr. And basically, you must have intelligent persistence. So understanding the persistent widow and Jerry Weintraub, you know, they weren't persistent about something that... um, That wasn't in the realm of certainty, they had these things certain in their mind, they had these fixed goals, and they had determination, and they backed that determination with persistence, which this is what you must do. If you want to get really like a a true impact in life, you must back your dedication, your desire with persistence. And I hope you learned something from this persistent w- a widow parable. I hope you pick up the uh, Jerry Weintraub's book or at least just look into him a little bit more. People don't know that much about him, which is kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, he you can learn a lot more from him than you can learn from Elvis Presley. I can tell you that. Um, he was such an interesting man. And, you know, that... Uh, that ability to really focus and dedicate on um, you know, getting Elvis on the road. And there's a ton of other stories that go along with that, but uh, we're going to keep this one to around 10 minutes today. Another thing you must, I'll just add in here at the end, you must be able to pivot, by the way. So everything is beliefs, actions, results, feedback. Remember that, beliefs, actions, results, feedback. It's basically, that's a feedback loop. So you have a belief, like the persistent widow, that she needed justice for her husband, her action She took violent action every day, went to the judge again and again and again, persistently. Result, every day, he said no. But she knew every day it was was getting to him more and more. And then the feedback was, I need to do it again. Jerry Weintraub, same thing. Result, or sorry, belief, action, result, feedback. Belief, action, result, feedback. Continuous loop. And eventually, with persistence, it paid off. But, you know, if either of them... Did it work logical about it or realize that the feedback obviously would never get them anywhere. You know, you can't just sit in a room watching Netflix go I want a million dollars. I believe I want a million dollars. I am thinking about I want a million dollars. That's not how it works. You have to take massive action, belief, action, result, feedback, belief, action, result, feedback every day, continuous cycle. The best way to do this is at the end of the day, track the feedback, track the results, track your actions, iterate, improve, and pivot. For example, Kevin Systrom, when he made it Instagram in the beginning, he thought it would just be like a, an address book app, but what he pivoted and realized that the better thing to do would be to make the social network that we know today that's Instagram, and he, he ended up selling it to uh, Mark Zuckerberg for billions of dollars, and look at where he's at today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a little bit from this persistent widow parable, and hope everyone's staying healthy out there. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please give us a review and subscribe. Till next time.